double teamed fam. Guess what? We have our favorite sex therapist here back again with a very exciting subject this time. I know we're very ready to get this erect uh, and going. So, is this like up and running? Oh, that was good. Well, so the first time that we ever discussed doing an episode with Danica, by the way, do you want to say hello? Hello, Danica Mitchell again. <laughs> so the first time that we talked with Danica, we were talking about um, a variety of, you know, topics in the realm of sex therapy. And I found it really surprising when she talked about erectile dysfunction, how often it came up, how common it was, things like that. And I know all the time, like on Reddit and things like that. I see people, you know, that have questions regarding Viagra, Cialis, performance issues. I don't know what you want to call them. Stage fright, a variety of, of subjects. And, you know, they, you know, when we're in group play or having fun, like meeting new partners, we want to put our best foot forward. And so men included. Anyways, so I thought this would be a fun one today. So let's get started. This was probably the most surprising aspect of it. And I know you mentioned experience with this with your clients. So how common is it? So we did look this up just to get the most updated numbers uh, about about a 52% of men experience ED at some point in their life. I know the work that I do, erectile dysfunction among men's in their 20s and 30s are probably like my highest demographic of clients that I see. Perfect. Yeah. So now what are usually some of like the issues related to why they face this? The number one is anxiety. Really? Yeah. ED is a symptom of anxiety more times than not. On a rare occasion, ED might be present because of a medical issue, especially heart-related issues if there's heart conditions in a family history. But nine times out of 10, it's just that they're experiencing anxiety and that anxiety is never good for sex. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would make sense for like the 20 to 30 age range, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, hopefully in that age range, everything is still functioning properly. So then it's just a matter of, you know, kind of how the mind affects it. I know Mm -hmm. I was telling you before we started recording this, I was recently hooking up with a guy. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And halfway through, he lost it. But what I loved the most was that he told me that basically he was like feeling some anxiety kind of. And he was like, I just got in my head. And then, you know, my train of thought went elsewhere. And then I lost focus and I was a little nervous. And here we are. And like the first thing I told him, I was like, it's okay. I'm like, you're totally fine. Because I know, I mean, I'm sure that can be kind of like an embarrassing thing, you know? So now what would you recommend, I guess? Like, let's put it this way, for Mm one-on-one sex, okay? Mm -hmm. So what would be some of the things that you would recommend to kind of work past that anxiety? Yeah, well, one, you did a great job because a huge thing uh, and why a lot of men end up coming to therapy is because their partners freak out. Really? Oh, yeah. Partners have really bad reactions. They're like, oh, my God, are you gay? (laughs) That one comes oh up so often. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They get really judgmental when it happens because we're taught that like erections are some barometer of like your attraction to someone, oh. which it's not. But so then when they lose it, they're like, oh my God, it, either they go, is something wrong with me? It, it, did he see a role that he didn't like? They get really like judgmental of themselves or they project it forward and be like, well, you, there must be something wrong with you. Most of the time, they just got freaked out. They just got nervous and in their head or distracted. The thing with anxiety and why it's, it's so bad for sex is it triggers off our flight, fright, freeze, or fawn. Okay. Four Fs. Oh, wow. There's four. There's I only four. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there were two. <laughs> okay. The two are the most common, but there there's four of them. And when that happens in your body, experiencing anxiety floods your system with usually chemicals that are meant to get you out of a dangerous situation. So it's pulling all of your blood to your organs, your heart, your lungs, in case you needed to like run away from a bear. Guess what your 
brain doesn't care about, it doesn't care about your penis. Yeah. If you're if your body's <laughs> thinking you need to run away, it's gonna take that blood from your penis and put it into your heart and lungs so that you can get the hell out of there. So that's why it happens. <laughs> it's your body's just anxiety response system. Good news is that's not a long-term chemical. Like you can keep triggering it off. So the more you are anxious, the more you're gonna be flooding that system. But if you can calm yourself back down, those chemicals get flushed out of the system really quickly. They're not meant to stick around. So you can get your erection back. You just well, gotta give it like 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. And that's why, at least with this guy, I was like, it's okay. I like that you said take some time afterwards to just like let all of that flush out because I, that's what I told him. I was like, do you wanna just cuddle for a bit and talk? And then, you know, we can try and get back to it. And he was like, yeah. So, and that did help. And then we did go at it again a little bit later. But that, like, I just kind of like knew immediately when he said that I was like, he's just getting anxiety. He mm -hmm. just needs to like relax a little bit and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And so I think as, as partners, if that happens to the men that we are sleeping with, we just have to do a better job at that. Yeah. yeah. Most men will experience some ED at some point. Maybe they were just too freaking tired. Maybe they were drinking too much. Maybe they got anxious. There's a million reasons why it can happen but it becomes a problem when they come to me when it starts happening multiple times in a row because now they've set up like an anxiety triggered response. Right. Because it happened once, then they fear it's gonna happen again. And then the next time they're in a sexual situation, they're worried that it's gonna happen again. And that worry triggers off the anxiety response. And, and then it happens yeah. again. And now they have this self-fulfilling prophecy of like every time they're worried it's gonna happen, so it happens. And how do you work through that with them? The thing one is just recognizing like the system that's at play is like you're freaking out and that's what's causing this. If you just not freak out, that's going to help you. And it's a lot of like learning to talk to partners about it and depersonalizing it from them in case there is a bad response so that you don't, they don't feel like it's about them. Because usually we're egotistical and think. Yeah, it's about us. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of just anxiety, mindfulness work, meditation work to learn how to calm the physical body down patience, a lot of creativity too. Cause like you said, you cuddled and you took like 10 minutes to just kind of relax. If it's happening or they feel it happening, they can also just like kind of change up the sex act. Mm -hmm. Focus on her, go yeah. down on her for 10 minutes while your body yeah. chills out and you're refocusing in on a sexual moment. Then go back to penetration if that's what you were doing or oral or whatever act you kind of need an erection for. Yeah. Mm. Pull out some whipped cream, play with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds super fun. <laughs> Yeah, outer course, you know. Does it touch titties? <laughs> Body oil. Yeah, start pouring have, it all. Have fun. Keep it. It's it's better if you like keep it moving and just change up to a sex act that doesn't really, like need a penis. Because then like you're keeping the moment flowing. You're not like creating that disruption, which causes a lot of attention, which makes it worse. Yeah. But it's it's honestly a very easy fix. If there's no complicating medical stuff going on, you can fix ED in like three months of therapy. Oh, really so not that long. Yeah, yeah, you can fix it really quickly. Wow. Nice. Well, I mean, I also like when you mentioned, you know, doing things like that don't require a penis or things like that. I've done that before in the past too, but I also think like something that came to mind was like with this guy, for example, we had the room like completely dark and like all the lights off and everything. So there was just like no like eye contact and I also think like it would have helped if maybe we had like kept some lights on mm -hmm. and made some eye contact and then like, like we were cuddling in the dark. Nothing wrong with that, but I think maybe it would have helped if we had like actually like looked at each other and talked like because he did eventually get back to it. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe it would have helped not just kind of like the calming things, but more also mm -hmm. kind of like the environment around us mm -hmm. turn it into something a little bit more homey. I don't know. Well, and I'm wondering too, do men that like turn off all the lights is that also like playing into that whole anxiety thing because i have this very very one specific memory of college when i was having sex with this dude and he was like no turn all the lights off it's better that way and i'm over here like i can't see shit and i get fucking <laughs> elbowed i can't find what i'm trying to look for it's like playing a game of like you know blindfold like where is this and <laughs> It was just really chaotic. And I'm over here thinking, like, why the fuck are the lights off? Like, turn them on. I can't see. Dimmers. People need to have more dimmers. Low oh, light. Candle yes. light, you know. 
I like candlelight. Yeah. Oh, I had zero candles. I was in college. I barely knew how to decorate. You were allowed in in dorms. I remember that. (laughs) Oh, I think I lived in an apartment, but yeah, this this one dude was like, no lights. (laughs) Could be, could be anxiety, could be like, likes the sensory deprivation. A lot of people like it because it helps them. Mm-hmm. zone into their body a little bit but like you gotta be able to see something <laughs> really okay I didn't think about that either it's like mm-hmm. turning so that you feel more mm-hmm. you're less distracted but see I almost feel like that would do the opposite for me if all because like I said it was very dark in there and like I couldn't see his eyes I'm big on eye contact mm-hmm. that's why I was saying like when you said like external things like if a guy's going down on me I want to be able to look at him while he does that because like that's mm-hmm. half the fun for me so, sure, if we switch to, to oral instead of penetrative sex, like, that's great and all. But if it's still dark as fuck and I can't see you, like, I could see how, like, you know, you're going down on a girl and you're just, like, down there. But, like, it's pitch black. Like, you're still not necessarily connecting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But my vote is going to be to leave the lights on in, in this situation to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like dim light, low light. Yeah, dim light. You can see a little bit. It's mood setting, but you're not necessarily seeing everything. And a lot of people just get uncomfortable with being really seen especially if they're having body issues they're not super comfortable maybe they gained a little bit of weight there it's a little bit of a hiding Mm. i get that that that's understandable but you think like i'm getting a massage lighting Mm -hmm. not like i'm going to a football game lighting you know i was thinking about it the other day when i when i thought about the whole keeping the lights on thing is that like it's always the like hottest most like perfectly sculpted men who are like lights off I'm like, I want to see you, dude. You look like a Greek god. (laughs) For the love of God, please let me watch you fuck me. And they're like, nope. They're always like the most insecure. I don't know why that is. But that was just a pattern that I like looking back on my sexual experiences, like with the lights on or off. That's what I noticed. I don't think I ever came across that. No? No. I think back to all my like sexual experiences with Greek gods and they all really (laughs) liked the lights on. Maybe it's just the ones I'm going for. Anyways, okay, we'll, we'll bring it. I feel like if you've worked that hard. I know, show it off. See it. But I'm I also then assume some of those people might be very critical of themselves. Like yeah. Like, hard beca- to get to that stage of yeah. Adonis. And they still don't think they're, like, where they should be mm-hmm. because they need to be zero percent body fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so now that was, like, pertaining to one-on-one sex. But, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of us here, we like group sex. We like sex parties those kind of scenarios i guess what i'm thinking here is when there's more people involved i feel like there's gonna be Mm -hmm. more anxiety and then also like removing yourself it can't be just like one-on-one like oh let's cuddle you know Mm -hmm. so that you can like calm down and we can work through this anxiety and then get back to it now you're talking about like five six seven you know however many people are involved in this scenario and now it's like this like a whole group is watching you have this happen so Mm -hmm. what would be your suggestion during group play yeah it kind of brings me to the phrase performance anxiety because that's what most men kind of call it when they have ed is they're like oh i'm fearful of the performance and i can imagine when you've got a lot of people looking at you it feels like a performance more than anything else and my recommendation is like you have to get away from the idea that sex is for show Mm-hmm. Which is kind of counterintuitive when you're in a group of a lot of people looking at each other. But it, sex is about the experience. It's about feeling. It's about enjoying. It's about pleasure. Focus on those elements. And especially in group play, like, everyone's doing a ton of different stuff. Everyone's, like, experiencing a ton of different things. Like, you can take a step back. Maybe you can't, like, cuddle and take 10 minutes to do that. But you can step back deep breathe, get back into your body, and also just look around at a lot of hot stuff that's probably happening mm-hmm. yeah. in front of you. I think the big part is is really about other people more than it is about yourself. Because a lot of, I think the stickiest part of doing this work is the individual starts to get it. They're like, okay, like I know what sex is. I know the system that's happening. I know what I can do to kind of mitigate it in my own body, but there's still other people watching and judging. And we Mm -hmm. are in a society that teaches them to judge you for these things. And you know the assumptions that they make because you were probably making them yourself at one point. So it's really about like the confidence of regardless of what other people may be assuming, and you're probably right in some of their assumptions, being okay with what you know to be the truth of things. I mean, you know, knowing that you can step back in. Mm -hmm. 
not have an erection when you're around a bunch of naked people and that's okay, even if other people don't think it is. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You mentioned breathing. Are there mm-hmm. any specific breathing exercises? So my thing with breathing is you can do whatever breathing type you want, whether it's like breathing in for four, out for four, square breaths, whatever visualization. The key to it, though, is it has to be diaphragmatic. You have to be breathing into your low kind of stomach rib area. Uh-huh. That's what causes the relaxation. Again, it's like the anxiety system that's what triggers off the relaxation system. If you're breathing in your chest, especially when you're anxious, not going to help because very often the muscles in the chest are tight and constricted. And when you're breathing really high into your chest, you're like bouncing against that tension, which makes it feel more tense versus breathing low starts to kind of calm everything down. How do you breathe low? I don't know if I know how to breathe low. You just like put your hands on your low ribs and fill up when you breathe into that, like you're filling up a balloon oh. and then decompress from the ribs from the low rib first. I don't know if I'm doing this right. Hold on. <laughs> I think I'm just sitting here. Yeah, you can't see arms. this, but we're all like suddenly touching below our ribs. And like yoga, breathing. yoga helps a lot for this. It takes a weird practice, but you'll feel it. It's also really oh. helpful for hiccups. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because your diaphragm is spasming. So if you can hold breath like really low, that's what helps a little bit more. Or it's I more feel, effective. I feel like more men should do yoga. Yeah, absolutely. Also, because they're really tight, like me, tight hamstrings. Yeah, tight hamstrings. It'll help with yeah. It'll help with a multitude of things, not only breathing but also muscles and whatnot. So, is there anything besides breathing techniques that can help, kind of like that relaxation? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. It's same kind of anxiety things. One is like more of the classic CBT work, which is like recognizing the negative thoughts, seeing how they impact behavior and emotion, and kind of unwinding. But that's not going to necessarily help you in the moment as much it's really hard in the moment to be like i recognize this yeah cognitive (laughs) distortion and let me run through it intellectually because that's not super going to help you when you're in a physical moment but doing that on the back end and then in moments doing more like grounding mindfulness exercises things that orient you to your body in the present especially with anxiety that is something that's very future focused it's worrying about what is going to happen not what is happening so the more that you can kind of pull yourself into the present, the more that like your body is going to calm down and realize like, I'm worried that I'm not going to perform well or people are going to judge me versus right now I'm just standing in a room naked with a bunch of people touching each other. Yeah. It's a lot easier to like be in the moment and enjoy yourself if you're both your body and your mind are in the same place. That makes sense. I guess my mind immediately just goes to, for some reason, body oils. If I'm focused on rubbing oil on something or someone and just like looking at it happening, that's where I'd probably be like in the present. Like, wow, these tits look really great with body oil on them. You know, rather than like, you know, like something that's hands-on, but that's me personally. See, I'm trying to think like my first sex party experience, I was just so in my head that I, I don't even remember most of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, like blacked out. No, exactly. But I, th- I think that happens to me a lot. I, I think I end up like projecting so much, thinking of the future that I end up forgetting that I'm in the present. So then, and you know, maybe this is why I have terrible memory. But I just like I don't remember anything. And I think back to my first sex party, and there was a lot of like just overwhelming sensory going Mm -hmm. on I don't even know that I was just like okay how do I next time like stay in my body more stay more in the present Mm -hmm. so that's my assignment for my next sex party yeah and I like that you your kind of inclination was I'm going to go and I'm gonna touch Mm -hmm. because you could step back you could step back and you can watch or you can go and like control the situation and you could be the one doing the touch while your body is kind of acclimating and catching up or to me when you were thinking the body will I was like oh I bet the smell because I like smells I was like that's a really good thing to kind of pull you into a moment if there's like a smell that you can associate with or like have a body oil that you have that you like that has like a sharp kind of smell I was like that might help bring you into a moment you can always come up with something new (laughs) so maybe bring your own body oil to a sex party Mm -hmm. or group play orgy you know I really like that you mentioned smell because especially if like if someone can associate that smell with like a really positive experience Mm -hmm. where they were present then I feel like and I don't know if this is bad or not but then like you can use kind of that scent to help Mm -hmm. you kind of ground ground you you. yeah Yeah. exactly I would love that 
I'm getting so many. Yeah, I was like, use all of your senses. You can use any sense to ground you. Temperature is a big one. So if you like wax play, that could be something. Because also that usually doesn't require your genitals. Yeah, wax plays. Actually, I've never tried wax play, but I'm very interested. Just make sure it's uh, you don't actually use candles. A lot of people make that mistake when they're just like, ooh, let me just grab this candle that I have from Bed Bath & Beyond on my thing and pour it on my partner. It's not what you do. There are specific candles that melt into massage oils. That's what you want to use so that you don't burn yourself. And yeah. Unless that's the goal because you've had a lot of practice and you're in the pain pleasure realm. But like, if you're just starting out, do not just pull your candle off of your like, nightstand. I was just about to say, I'm thinking about the candle I have burning right now and I do not want that oil anywhere near me. No. <laughs> Where did I see, it was like the cutest little wax candle for sex. Oh, it was on Shebop, the shop where I get my scratchy pokey fingers. Mm -hmm. They had the cutest little red fox candle that when you burn it, it like turns into like wax, mm -hmm. you know, for wax play and stuff. I thought that was like the cutest thing because it looked like a fox and I thought it was adorable. Oh, so. I saw it was on, a, I think it was on TikTok actually. There was this girl selling the candles that melt into body oil, but they're in these really cute teacups. And oh. one was like an old kind of antique looking one that you could pour. And I was like, cute. I oh, that is that. cute. Yeah. She has like a really small business and everything's sold out. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But I'm sure someone else does that or when she restocks. So I was like, they're super cute. And she like goes antiquing to find all of the things she puts her handles in. So they're super unique. I love that. Send me the handle. I want to look. Oh, I'll hunt it down. I think I saved it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when you restock, I am buying this. So now we talked about like, if, you know, you lose the erection, you know, how to kind of like get yourself back into a place where you can get up again now, is there any tips or anything for maintaining an erection? It's staying in the moment. Okay. Staying in the present. Communicating your needs too is a big one. Sometimes like you just are getting a little bit bored or you're doing the same thing and you need a little bit of variety. Communicate. One of the things that I, I teach people is you really have to learn how to follow the pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so feeling what your body is asking for and then go and do that thing. So if you notice in your body that like it's starting to distance or what a lot of people experience is spectatoring, which is when they it's kind of like a bit of a disassociation where you feel yourself watching yourself having sex. Oh, You're okay. not like in it experiencing it. If you start to feel any of those things kind of happening, you need to tune in and say like, okay, body, what do you want? What do you need? Do you want to focus on them? Do I need a certain type of touch? Do I want a different part of my body touched? And communicating that back and forth because that's what's going to keep you in a state of pleasure, maybe a state of escalating pleasure if that's what you're going for. And also just remembering that it's not all about that kind of very, very stereotypical escalation of like, kissing to maybe hands to maybe oral to orgasm and done like you can go through any any segment any act as many times in, in any frequency that you want so like get off the sex escalator and take yes, the stairs please. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like oh what's that that uh artist who does all the stairs that go in different ways Oh, I know exactly what you're talking Those about. Those stairs. Those yes. are the stairs we want. <laughs> yes. What is that called? And why does that remind me of Harry Potter? Because um, they had the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, the stairs. I just watched that the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. How funny. We're in like fall time. Yeah. It's very Harry Potter time. I think communicating during sex is definitely a big one. And definitely one that like I wish more guys did more of mm -hmm. because like for example the one that you know he told me as it was happening he was like i'm losing my train of thought i was like really nervous i'm you know like i'm losing it like at least he communicated it with me most guys don't and then it just happens and then you're like well what the fuck happened mm -hmm. and then but he like communicated it and then when we went back at it again he was like almost telling me as we were going what he needed me to do mm -hmm. or like what he wanted to do and i was like i know right I'm like, oh, this is the one that goes to therapy, right? Yes. No wonder. Okay. <laughs> so, actually, this is funny. So this is, yeah, the guy that later on we were like talking and he told me he was going to therapy and I was like instantly turned on. I was like, you go to therapy? Very King. LA, but love that. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but, but yeah, the second time around, he was like telling me like as we were kind of going through like kind of what he needed. It was still really dark in the room. I should have turned the lights on. But like I appreciated the communication because like so many guys like don't communicate at mm -hmm. all. And I'm like, we don't need like every second like 
what's going through your mind during sex, but like just tell me along the way mm-hmm. how it's going. You know, like I check in with guys, I'm like, does this feel good? And they're like, yeah, keep going. And I'm like, hey, great. Like, yeah, love reassurance. this. Yeah, exactly. Or I'll tell them that, you know, like I like what they're doing or, you know, so I open the door for the communication by communicating myself and then seeing what they offer. But it's just more often than not, guys like don't communicate at all. Mm-hmm. So, but that's probably a, um, is that a therapy thing? Is that an like, ego thing? Yeah. What is that? That they don't communicate? Well, yeah. Like they don't. Yeah. Like, like how? Not, most of them just don't know how. They don't know how. Okay. Yeah. We're taught that sex is something that you do, not something that you talk about. And so yeah. that relies a lot on nonverbal communication. And so usually people just aren't using their words or they're really uncomfortable with the words. A lot of times, like I, when I'm working with people, I just get them to start. And in part of this is in therapy as we're talking about it, but it's just to start using vocabulary. Yeah. You know, whatever you like, whatever words feel natural to you, but you got to say something. Yeah. Something like set, like silent sex. Again, unless that's what you're purposefully going for usually isn't the best. I know. Yeah. I know. I agree. And sometimes if it is really silent, I get in my head. Mm -hmm. I start getting distracted. That's why, like, I like a lot of dirty talk just because, like, it keeps me in the moment. Otherwise, like, if we're both just kind of like, you know, like, yeah, the whole time, then I start thinking about other things besides what's going on. Then I'm like, well, what do I have to do tomorrow? Oh, shit, I forgot to do this. Mm -hmm. I get so out of it. Like, granted, for me, like, I can still keep going even if I'm in my head. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like what you said earlier, Cami. Like, then I almost, like, forget what happened for, like, 20, 30 minutes because I was thinking about I was thinking about something completely different. So it's like communicating helps me stay grounded in Mm -hmm. sex most of the time. Yeah. I think I figured out through this conversation why I have terrible memories. So I'm already getting something (laughs) out of it, even as a woman. (laughs) So, Ooh, okay. Here's one related to ED. I thought I stabbed myself with this pen and ink. (laughs) Anyways, so we've talked about getting it up, maintaining it up. Now, do you see that a lot of these men struggle with like either premature ejaculation or like, or like they can't come like orgasm blocking, mm-hmm. like any yeah. thoughts on More that? More often ED is closer to difficulties orgasming again, because they're getting in their head, which pulls you out of your body. How are you going to reach orgasm if you're not tuned into your body? It's not yeah. going to happen. Premature ejaculation is actually different. And that's, there's too much. And here's the tricky part about our brains and anxiety is all the chemicals are very similar. It doesn't do a good job at differentiating between like worry and anticipation, like excitement. Premature ejaculation is the flip of it where there's way too much excitement very early on. It's so it's kind of like worry in that like really hyper fast, like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Yay. And then then they go. (laughs) (laughs) But also most men who think they have premature ejaculation do not. Really? They overdiagnose themselves significantly in that they think if they don't last X amount of time that they have premature ejaculation. They don't. Premature ejaculation is specifically under a minute. So if you're not coming really fast, either before penetration or like immediately once you're in there, you don't have premature ejaculation. Because most penetrative sex only lasts like five to seven minutes on average. Yeah. The average is actually, we, we discussed this in another episode. The average is seven minutes. Yeah. And I, I, I feel also, like that's a disservice. I was going to say like, and I think that number might be a little high. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how that survey went, I think we went around <laughs> a little bit. And I think that's so sad. It's because at least like, 15, right? And for me, like <laughs> yeah, for me, like I, I like to go for hours if I can, and I like to make it a marathon, not a sprint, but interesting. Yeah. I mean, there was one time a guy that I was hooking up with and I think he was also getting a little bit in his head because then he like could not come mm-hmm. like literally 45 minutes. And at one point he like communicated, he was like, I'm actually getting really frustrated here. He was like, I'm super turned on, but I can't come. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I want you to come. And like, I was literally like blowing him for a solid 15 minutes, just like trying to see, but I was just like playing with it. I was having mm-hmm. fun. Like uh, I could tell he was getting frustrated and like really in his head about it. And I felt bad. Cause I'm like, I know it's not me, it's mm-hmm. you, but like, I don't know what to do to help you in the situation. I just try to reassure him that it's okay. But yeah, that's kind of where we were. 
Yeah. And I mean, just imagine that experience of being frustrated. That's not going to get you to orgasm. Yeah. If you're getting irritated, that's not going to make you come. Yeah. So of course it was like fulfilling and dragging it out longer and longer because he wasn't following the pleasure. He wasn't in his body enjoying it. He was in his head getting angry. Yeah. See, I've had that happen to me a few times where it's like, I'm like right, right there, you know, like right at the edge of the clip, but I just won't go. And I'm like, what the the fuck is going on? And then I'm like, okay, let's focus on what's going on. Right. And then you're like, oh, I really like this. And then they change the rhythm and you're like, fuck. (laughs) Like like all those memes. Go back to where you were. What it's like to be a woman having sex. And it's like an EDM song in the bass never dropped. But it builds up each time you think it's going to happen. No, but yeah, a lot of the times I have to remind myself. I'm like, okay, it's coming. Just give me my... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, it's coming. I just need to like, you know, go back into my body. So, ugh. No, I struggle with it too. And I mean, usually what I gravitate towards, because I'm a very visual person, mm-hmm. I visualize. Obviously, like I can see the guy beneath me. I can see everything. But, like, I try to visualize what it looks like from someone watching because I Mm. think that's super hot. And then I'm like, I know I look super hot on top of this dude. And then I'm like, that's hot. So then that helps me get back in. Yeah, it does. I have found a method that works for me. Yeah. I mean, so, like, for me, I'm very visual. I'm very Mm -hmm. hands-on. So, like, I know the things that can help me get back into, like, the present and the headspace. Mm -hmm. So, I think for people, it's just, like, a matter of, like, figuring out for yourself, like, what are those things that work for you? And it can be a variety of things. I like how you said earlier how you can either, like, pull away and, like, observe or, like, lean into it and, like... Yeah. And it's going to be different for every person and, and different partners, different scenarios. But also the big thing with the orgasm piece is... And we do this a lot with sex is like orgasm is the goal. Yeah. Once you make it a goal, you're screwed. Yeah. It's going to be so much hard when you're chasing, achieving something versus, again, following the pleasure, like listen to your body. If you do that and you're not trying to seek out an orgasm, you will more likely get there than if you're trying to like reach it and get your body to do something. Because then you're trying to tell your body to do something versus listening to what it's asking your needs are. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's just like super hard. <laughs> this is all very like nice and like theory and when we're talking about it, it's so hard in practice. No, it is. So, I mean, I'm curious, like what are the top practices that you feel like have been most beneficial for like the clients that you've worked with? Or are there any specific ones? It's the holistic piece of it. It's really? like bringing everything together that like, here's how you recognize your body is kind of pulling away. Here's how you tune in and listen to your body and figure out that whole process of like, what works for you? Is it the visualization? Is it the touch, the sensation, the smell, the lights? What kind of things do you need? Communicating those things, relinquishing the pursuit of orgasm. It's all of those things together. There isn't like one. Hmm, That makes sense. One most important thing. I'm curious when you have men that come in to talk about ED or performance anxiety, that sort of sort of thing. Do you ever have sessions with them and their partners? Okay, all the time. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so that their partners can also help or, like... Yeah, honestly, it makes it so much easier. Really? The partners there learning along with them. It's not that we can't get it done, but it can definitely be more challenging when, like, I'm working with one person and they have a significant other or, like, one main partner, and they're the intermediary for the learning and information because, like... They may be relinquishing the pursuit of orgasm, but if their partner isn't, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it makes it really hard. Or like they may be open to sex outside of penetration and like learning and expanding, but if their partner is like, but I want penetration, yeah, you know, it, it's really dependent on how much the other person is willing to like come along for the ride. Well, um, I, I, I can also. <laughs> <laughs> Come along. Well, no, but I can also see how it could be problematic if, you know, when you have a patient who you're giving them these things to try out and maybe you're telling them, hey, do this with your partner. And then they go and tell their partner and their partner's like, I already do that. But they don't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, something along those scenarios. I can see how that can create more of like a problematic, like, okay, well, you can't get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially like the communication piece. Like if your client's communicating, but then their other, they're talking the whole time and then their partner's not talking at all. Imagine how fucking awkward that would be. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually you stop communicating because then you're like, I'm not getting anything in return. This feels awkward as fuck. It reminds me actually of 
you know, fairly recently, I like to be vocal during sex and I like to be like somewhat, you know, expressive. And the guy was like, nothing. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, am I being too loud? Like, can, you, can you tell me? I'm like, do I need to stop talking? Like, I don't understand. He was like, no, it's so hot. You're doing great. And I'm like, well, some feedback would be nice. <laughs> so like, even just like, in, like, oh, yeah. You know, like something simple. Like, very simple. Two syllables. Interesting. Wait, so would that be like a couple session or is that... You could do either. Honestly, it's it's easier as a couple's issue because then like both people are learning and growing together, which like that is the backbone of making long term stuff work. Mm -hmm. um, it can work if it's an individual and the other person doesn't want to come into therapy as long as they are willing to one like have conversations, discussions. Um, and I always tell if I'm working with someone individually, like involve your partner. One, they're always welcome to like jump in on a session from time to time, but like. If they have questions, if they don't understand something, like you're the intermediary back to me of like what their needs are too, because if we're, you know, they're having sex with the same person, like their needs are also important to me, less so than the person that I'm working with. But, you know, if there's something that they are struggling to understand, like let me help, maybe I can give resources or books for them to read. I'm really trying to find more um, social media that's geared towards men. Cause I've, I, and this is probably important because I'm a woman. And so the algorithm is pitching me a bunch of women led things, but there's a lot of women talking about like this expansion of sex and, you mm. know, body positivity and debunking a lot of sex myths. And I don't see that geared towards men. And so if you're thinking of all the social media and things that are reinforcing, men just don't really have as many outlets to start unlearning some of this crap. That's a great fucking point. That. That's a great fucking point. So okay. Any men's yeah. therapists out there on social media? We need some dudes to start spreading body positivity and sex positivity. I think body positivity is a huge one, mm -hmm. especially because like I was saying earlier, it's always the Greek gods that are like super insecure about their bodies and like, you know, and I, and I remember one of them, literally his body is like just absolute perfection like 6'6 six, six, chiseled as could be in all the right areas like beautiful skin tone he was mixed and i like how like all of nikki's dudes are like is this me like, <laughs> they're probably listening like is this me <laughs> i like how you're describing this to you and then in my head i was like oh that sounds like a character from a fantasy book i read <laughs> no i'm like literally he had like the most perfect body but he was so insecure about it mm. because he was always like i need to be stronger i need to be leaner i need to be he was like just body dysmorphia yeah everything and i'm like and i would tell him all the time and i like literally like made it a point with him especially give him constant reassurance i know it has to come from within because mm -hmm. as much reassurance as you get from someone it really has to come yeah. from within but i would tell him all the time i'm like i love your body like in my opinion like you are literally perfection and i don't know if it helped or not we're just friends now but all the time he like tells me how much he appreciated how communicative i was with him and like the things that i would like say and do mm -hmm. to try and help him so anyways that was a, a big thing but i agree like we just need more men that are like telling guys it's okay if you lose it halfway through mm -hmm. yeah or it's okay if you know like you don't have abs girls mm -hmm. don't even really like abs sure i talk about the greek gods that i love so much but like Honestly, bears and beards. Who was that? Who said that? Claire. When, oh. when, yeah, when we interviewed her, she was like, bears and beards. I'm like, I... I identify yeah. with that woman. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm with her too. Like, I like the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, very Lizzo. Yeah, very Lizzo. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think back to like all the dudes that I date and, you know, there's a wide variety in the way that they look in their bodies. But because for me, it really just comes down to like... A, can they keep me warm because I'm cold all the time? Yes. <laughs> and B, 
Like, do they fuck me good? Like, that's all I need, you know? And confidence. Like, confidence mm-hmm. yeah, is confidence sexy. Is key. Yeah, guys yeah. say that all the time to women. They're like, confidence is sexy. Be confident. And I'm like, same goes to you guys. Yeah. And the thing that I recognize, because also for men who are interested and attracted to women and want to be attractive to women, please listen to women. Yeah. Mind-blowing insight there. But, like, if that's who you're attracted to, like, listen to what women are attracted to. Because a lot of, like, the Greek gods, that's all very male peer-oriented. And, like, other, you know, Greek god men are going to give you a lot of, you know, brownie points for that. But women don't care that much. Like you said, it's nice. You can appreciate it. It's beautiful. But women like a lot more variety. And the thing that I have noticed is that there's a confusion of, of the attractiveness of strength where a lot of men associate that with muscle and like being very lean and seeing the muscles more often than not women are associate that with like the physical act of like picking up a heavy box yeah you know cutting a piece of wood with a heavy axe yeah picking you up yeah like i don't care how much you can lift at the gym as long as you can pick me up we're fine yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> well, and this guy that I was just describing, that's why I, like, loved his body so much. Oh, not only could I appreciate, like, the sheer aesthetic of, like, the amount of work he put into it, but, like, he could literally toss me around like no other. And, I mean, he was 6'6", so, like, he'd pick me up, like, throw me against the wall, and, like, I'm, like, high as could be. I'm 5'2", guys, okay? <laughs> this is, like, a dream come true to be at this level. <laughs> but also, I bet a skinny 6'6", dude, you probably do Exactly. That. I'm, like, I don't care. You've got to be muscular. Exactly. But one of my other dudes, he's six foot eight. And um, oh he... You really like the tall <laughs> To me, I'm just like, that's too... No. Your neck does tall. start to also, break up. Also, my dad's six two, and I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, he's he's six eight, and but he's not like overly built. Like, he has a good body and everything, mm-hmm. but he's not like super muscular. Like, if he's wearing normal clothes, he just looks kind of like a regular guy. Still had the strength to throw me up against the wall. And that's what I liked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not necessarily like how the body looks, even though I can appreciate the aesthetic. It's like the strength to be able to like pick me up. That's what turns me on. To reach the on. tall things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dude's 5'7". And <laughs> I love can, shorter men. I love can them. toss me around so well. He literally, one time we were at the club and he just like picked me up with such ease that I was just very turned on at that moment. I have my little soccer team at one point. <laughs> they were all around like Five seven five nine. This was during my second hoe phase, and I loved them all. They could, uh, they could all toss me around. I loved it. Right. I found the shorter ones tend to have better confidence because they've had really? to work on it. Oh, they have absolutely. No, you right. are right. You are right. There was another shorter dude that I dated, and I'd never seen that much confidence in a person, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, you know, I'm glad that you're not letting, you know, this one thing define you. Mm -hmm. So. No, I actually remember a friend that I had in, when I was in community college in Santa Monica, tiny, tiny little, I think he was half Asian guy. I'm tiny. He was maybe five feet. Oh, wow. Maybe five feet two. I I don't remember. The most confident man of anyone I've ever met. I love that. And he he had sex with everyone he wanted. <gasps> Love that. He could pull anyone regardless of their height, you know? And I was just like, this this man has figured it out. Well, I mean, like, I'm not a height queen. Like, I'm not a, someone that has to have, you know, over 6'3 to, like, you know, ride the ride. It's just one of those things, like, I just happen to gravitate towards some tall dudes but i agree like some of the the shorter ones have that confidence and that's sexy like i said again the confidence is the sexy part there's nothing i love more than a super tall chick with a short guy (gasps) i love that i think it's great you know it's like like joe jonas and sophie turner what i'd give to watch them have sex well no but like (laughs) at that point like they both they both have that confidence because you know tall girls get that stigma short guys get that stigma because you know you're not fitting into society's standards Mm -hmm. but it's like no dope that you got past that because as you should Mm-hmm. As you should. Don't yeah, hunch those shoulders, that. ladies. Yeah. Tits out. I'm just saying. Wearing the heels. Yes. yes. Wear those heels. Yeah. Even the platforms. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Absolutely. I feel like we turned this <laughs> entire. Yes, we usually do. <laughs> I feel like we turned this entire like you know ED episode into like just confidence and how to deal with insecurities. But I, I mean, this pairs well with our other episode with Danica, I think. <laughs> and just the last little thing for for the men trying to track, attract women. 
Emotional intelligence. <gasps> so sexy. So sexy. Because you could be the, that big, strong man. I always think of Jason Momoa, my celebrity crush. Oh, my God. Uh, but part of that is, yes, he's gorgeous and he's beautiful. But if you've seen him just ever interact or hear any stories about him, he's clearly just like a good, sweet, caring person. And like the strength paired with the care. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. It's like the perfect that combo. Is like Dom energy right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree. Emotional intelligence is huge just because like, like I said, the guy, when he told me he went to therapy and the fact that like he was like communicating during sex that he was like having anxiety. I take like, that as emotional intelligence that yeah. during yeah. sex, he got soft and he was like, hey, dude, I'm really in my head. Let's, you know, take yeah. a pause. I'm like, that to me is is so sexy because it shows vulnerability mm-hmm. and it's kind of like what you said earlier about like listen to what women want not what men want men don't care about vulnerability when it comes to mm-hmm. when it comes to not all some do uh, some do but like okay we're, when, getting, we're getting i did mention this earlier but i'm getting a wave of men who really want to yeah no and that's true no and that's good but i feel like a lot of times like when it comes to sex men's first thought isn't I want to get vulnerable with this person. Mm-hmm. Like their first thought is I want to get naked with this person. When I'm thinking about sex, I'm thinking I want to get vulnerable with this person mm-hmm. and like really like dig deep and like have some like really connective, amazing sex. Like even if it's just a casual relationship, I like that, you know, you're having these men that are coming in and wanting to learn more about emotional awareness. Cause I feel like we're going to start to bridge the gap guys. It's happening slowly, slowly, but surely. Yeah. And I think a lot of men want that. They want to feel vulnerable. They just aren't taught that how? that's the space to do it or how to do it in that space. So once they usually start, they really enjoy it too. And they, they experience a lot more fun and genuine pleasure with sex instead of just, which honestly is just a lot of power dynamics being interacted that they don't understand that they're doing. Yeah. I don't know why this reminds me of this one dude I used to hook up with in college. Again, Greek god of a body. Absolutely loved it. Just chef's kiss. But one thing that I really enjoyed was that he, even at the young age of, I don't know how old we were then, 21, he was pretty like in tune with his emotions at that Mm -hmm. time. The first time we hooked up, there was a lot of anticipation just because we were like gassing each other up a lot, mainly because we had this like love-hate relationship of like, you know, who's the better one here? And it was like this competition. And so the first time that we had sex, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> no. It was so bad. I was it like, was, oh, this great buildup. I was like, oh my god, all this mental foreplay. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. But then he and I, like, at one point, we were like, we're gonna redo that. Like, we're gonna give ourselves a second chance because we can both do a lot better. So then, what bas- basically ended up happening is then we had our little fling. Our sex got like astronomically better but like one of my favorite things was that after sex every time we would have like the deepest conversations Mm -hmm. of like just really like existential topics of universe life death etc and it was like some of the best sex I ever had well okay so this sounds like it was a casual relationship like no it was it was very casual I'm curious from your perspective Danica do you think that like it's possible to have deep connective vulnerable sex with only casual partners because i feel like most of the time people associate vulnerability and connection with like a deep and loving romantic relationship Mm. so what are your thoughts on like casual relationships that still find that depth in sex oh absolutely i think the thing that you need for that and it doesn't matter if it's casual and brief or, you know, the last person you're with in your lifespan because serial monogamy, because <laughs> it's just the last person that you're with. It's about security. It's about safety. If you can form that, you can have as much vulnerability in there and it doesn't matter the context of the relationship. You just need to feel that you could open up, be heard, not be judged, be free. And like that can absolutely be in a casual I recommend it. I love that. No, and that's a great... I agree. Yeah, that's a great fucking way to put it because I, like, so often I think people think you have to have, like, this, like, intense, loving, romantic connection in order to get vulnerable with someone. And I've had casual relationships before where we built that safe space. Mm -hmm. Like, that safety and that security, like, allowed us to get vulnerable with each other in sex but not have 
the relationship escalator, the titles, Mm -hmm. the expectations, like all of that. And so like, I think it's possible and I know I've experienced it, but I feel like a lot of people put it in boxes where it's like, I can only get vulnerable with my like deep romantic Mm -hmm. connections. I can't get vulnerable with like casual relationships. Yeah. And I think, you know, it also opens up the form, especially as we're learning about sexuality and expanding our vocabulary for people who are like aromantic. Yeah. But maybe not asexual. Yeah. Where you can have that deep connection and vulnerability, but you don't necessarily need romance. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, like, if you're aromantic, but, like, can still experience really great sex, you know, like, without this, like, deep romantic. Yeah, we should get an, what is it, aromantic? Aromantic, asexual, and yeah. the, the AC yeah. spectrum. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think people end up really limiting themselves especially when they think that as you said they should only be vulnerable and they should only be romantic with their long-term partner it's like how are you going to find that if you're limiting yourself to only like that future person Mm -hmm. that isn't even in the spectrum like it's just going to make all the other connections you have that much more difficult because you're limiting them. It's like, no, I think allow yourself to like open up a little bit more to everybody mm-hmm. and see who nurtures that and who doesn't like. Yeah. yeah. And it, it actually makes me think, I was like, Oh no, I'm thinking of my own experiences. Like I've had a, uh, a casual partner on, on and off in between my relationships. And it's always been exactly that. We've always been casual kind of friends with benefits, but like genuine friendship, genuine vulnerability, And I think that's been one of my healthiest, most great sexual relationships where I've learned the most about myself through various times with this partner over the years, which I agree. Keith, if you're out there, you're a great one. (laughs) Hope you're doing well. Way to go, Keith. I might might ask him if he wants to be in this or not. So feel free to maybe edit that part out. (laughs) He's a good one. He knows. That's awesome. No, I agree completely. I feel like in my casual relationships is where, where I learn the most of myself as well. Because I think when you remove the pressure of mm-hmm. the relationship escalator, you have more freedom to like express and grow without wondering like how it's going to affect your future as like mm-hmm. in a long-term relationship. Like, you know, I can be free with this person, but like it's not going to mean that like we... Because, like, if you're like, oh, my God, we're going to get married in two years. I can't do all of this. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, what if it goes badly or they see something that they don't like? Like, well, I, feel, I feel like when you remove that, that's when you can, like, really, truly liberate yourself sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've loved this entire conversation because this is, like, what I really get off on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, talking about, like, sexual liberation, like, ways for people to, like, connect and get vulnerable and just learn more about themselves and And yeah, and I think for dudes, like the more you lean into understanding yourself as a sexual being, the less you'll deal with issues like anxiety Mm -hmm. or, you know, performance anxiety. Okay. (laughs) Well, see, like, I think, think about this, men, like, it's okay if you go soft, like halfway through, like sometimes women get really dry halfway Mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Right. Uh, It's just not as obvious. Yeah, it is. I'm also sitting here thinking of like, for the, like, for the Joey's and the Trevor's and the (laughs) Keith's who've like done such a good job. We're still talking about them. Yeah. Right? What an ego stroke. And I hope I am that for someone. Like to be a part of your kind of journey and like get you're not just like a notch on a bedpost. Like you're you're a memory and like we hold a special place for you. Maybe you don't last forever, but like you got your like little medal. Oh, absolutely. No, you're right. I mean, and, and that's what I think about too. It's like that these were never relationships. These dudes were never relationships. It's not like we had the title of boyfriend, girlfriend, if anything. It was just casual sex. But it left such an imprint on me. You know, and I love to think back on them fondly. I'm like, oh my God, like that was the best. And see, and I really like that you mentioned that because that is my goal with every man that I have sex with. I'm like, (laughs) no matter how short or long-term this sexual relationship is, I hope I taught you something. Mm -hmm. Because like, not only do I bring in toys, not only do I talk about all my kinks and all this stuff, like this is my sexuality. I'm cool with it what's yours you should be cool with it too so yeah great point there i agree i like to celebrate men because you know i feel like you know yeah and in a way women are very much torn down but then you know men are also set to these unrealistic expectations so sometimes yeah i like to be more soft with them like you know like hey this is okay it's Mm -hmm. okay it's all gonna be okay you're great you're great i'm great like (laughs) 
true feminism. Let's come. <laughs> so. No, it, it, but that I think that is kind of a form of feminism. Is oh, like, it absolutely is. I, yeah. I said that jokingly, but I mean it. Yeah. No, it's like as women, you know, we want to do everything we can to like build each other up, but also like let's build up our men so that we can all be on this like awesome playing field of vulnerability and mm-hmm. emotional awareness. Yeah. And great sex. Yeah. Yes. And great sex. And you can have great sex even if you go soft. Even if you go soft. That experience with the guy, I want to have sex with him again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to walk away just because like we didn't, you know, the first time wasn't great. It's like you said earlier, I thought that was fantastic. If you have sex once and it doesn't go great with someone, I wrote it in my journal the other day. I want to make sure I give people like at least multiple chances to truly see because sometimes you just get one bad run at it. Mm-hmm. You know, try again. The, I, I tell that for my clients who are dating and starting to have sex. I was like, your first time with someone, whether it's your first date or your first sexual encounter, is usually not your A game. Yeah. Like you're nervous. You don't know this person. You don't know their body. You don't know what they like. Like, yeah. why would that be your best performance? Yeah. No, so, you're right. Sex gets better with time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious for like the really younger, because you said 20 to 30. 20, 30s, yeah, yeah, it's kind of the, the common age range. For the really younger ones, what's the catalyst that brings them in? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like at that age, like they're not self-aware enough to know that they need to go to therapy. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, who's bringing them in? Yeah. Is it their mother just like? <laughs> for men, they can literally lose their erection once and they're running in the door. Really? They're like, oh my God, something's wrong. Help. <laughs> you're like, you're, I, used, I saw that on your profile. Like, help me. And I'm like, you're, you're fine. <laughs> so yeah. You were, you were nervous. Like, you thought that girl was really pretty and, and you got overwhelmed. Like, that was it. And they go, oh my God, thank God nothing's more wrong with me. I was like, yeah, no, you're, you want to talk about some other things? Do you think it's Gen Z kind of? Like, I feel like millennials. Millennials and, more often. Because really? millennials are the ones in their 20s and 30s right now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just. And that's that's more of a gendered thing. Men, if something is wrong because they've been taught that, like, sex should be easy, they should be thinking about it all the time, like, they should just be hard and fuck and come, and that's all they kind of have the expectations for, that when something goes wrong, they panic and they rush in. Usually people who've had ED that I've seen, some of them have had it for years, some of them have had it on and off, but a lot of them really haven't even dealt with it that long. Hmm. Women take years to come in. They will deal with years of bad sex, awful sex. And then eventually when they're at their wit's end come in because they've been taught that like sex isn't really for women. If you're not enjoying yourself, like that's just kind of par for the course or, you know, it's all about the relationship. And so usually they come in when the relationship is failing because of sex. But very often they've been having crappy sex for like years, if not the entire time. Wow. That's that's both sad and fascinating. I'd never thought of that, A, and B. Like, yeah, just the gender norms right there. Like, that's insane in my opinion. Gender norms around sex suck. No, they really do. Yeah. See, this is why, like, I vouch for therapy. I do think that everybody at least needs to, like, go to a therapist once. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, like you, you maybe don't have a therapist right now, but, like, talking to people about sex. Yeah. Like, men come in and think something's wrong with them. I was like, yeah, I bet at least three of your friends have dealt with this. Yeah. And, like, you're just not talking about it because you don't – men don't talk about sex when it's going wrong with their guy friends. They just, like, hype each other up and be like, oh, yeah, I had so much sex. She was so hot. We did these crazy things that weren't that crazy. And then, like, that's their (laughs) their version of sex. And they're not talking about, like, oh, yeah, I struggled. I got nervous. Like, I – really got in my head and I just wasn't, I couldn't come or all of these things. All of their friends have probably dealt with it. Like you said, 52% of men. And I think that number is probably low again. Like, yeah. I know. I do. I do feel like more, I think now that maybe we are having more emotionally intelligent men, I think maybe they are having these conversations, no. but it's been a slow to start. No. Really? Oh, God, I have to beg my man. I There was a point oh, yeah. where I was, trying to form a group at my practice specifically for men to have a safe space to talk to other men about these things because a lot of them just didn't feel that they had any friends that they can open up to that wouldn't judge them. Wow. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because you know how you said that like men will run to therapists early on and women will wait years before they talk to a therapist about this. I feel like when it comes to talking to friends, it's the opposite. Men will avoid talking to 
their friends like the plague, women yes. will go to their friends mm-hmm. and be like, I'm getting dry every time. Like, do you struggle with this too? What do you you, you use for BV? Like women mm-hmm. will actually like go talk to their friends. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I think talking to friends and, and such like, you know, kind of like crowdsourcing information from everyone's different experiences like is great and all but I agree like for some of them they need to go to like a professional therapist mm-hmm. well because one thing that's going to work for one person isn't going to work for the other and yeah. I think that's where you get the issue with talking to your friends it's like your friends mm-hmm. are like well try this because I did it and it worked for me and then you try it and it's like yeah. fuck it didn't work and, and like, most of your friends are going to have the same crappy misinformation that you probably yeah. have it's just depending on how far they have like unwound some of that stuff yeah yeah, and it's just like a circulation, just this yeah. toxic little cycle. I yeah. crack up because like I talk so much about anal play and like a guy that I, we've never hooked up with. We don't really talk. Like he found my Instagram anyways. And he was like, my girl that he's hooking up with, he was like, she really wants to try anal, but she's very nervous about it. Can she talk to you? You're always talking about anal. And I'm like, I'm no doctor. Sure, I'll tell you about how I go about mm-hmm. anal, but like, like, I don't know. I mean, Also, I'll- the information's out there. Like, she could just start Googling something. She'll probably find some good yeah. anal 101 stuff. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some good resources. What's that one? Pegging IG? Um, I don't that remember. That one of our followers. I'll have to go back and Recommend. look through it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that Mm -hmm. on the topic of resources, besides your lovely self and other Mm -hmm. sex therapists, are there any good resources that you recommend to men for like any performance anxiety issues? Yeah, I think the classics are just kind of going to a bunch of the books that are have been out and around and circulating for a while. Mm -hmm. She Comes First, Sexual Intelligence by Marty Klein is a lesser known one that I really like. Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But just, like, read the books that are really popular about sex because that's going to be better. At least it's the best thing that we have now. I think yeah. hopefully more resources come out specifically geared towards men. But at least a lot of the ones that I know about are more female-oriented. Yeah. Well, no, like you said earlier, we need more male influencers talking about, like, sex positivity. I've seen a couple on TikTok. There is one guy on TikTok I remember I watched quite a bit. He talks about, like, all of his, every time he goes to, like, hook up with a girl, he talks about, like, his experience with it, good and bad, Hmm. which I love. And then at the end, he always talks about how, like, you know, to be safe and consent and, and Mm -hmm. like, he, very sex positive. I can't remember his handle. I'll have to go back and find it. I've seen a lot around the concept of consent, which I think, especially for men, is a really important place to start yeah it's like i'd rather they start with consent than all of the other kind of fun stuff because we need that yeah (laughs) we just need to start there and i've seen a lot on tiktok but they're more geared towards like breaking down toxic masculinity than it is specifically about sex like maybe there's a sexual thing in there or a lot of like relationship or marital coercion kind of topics but again that's around consent not so much about men actually in a free and fun way being vulnerable and exploring sex like i haven't i haven't seen that truly yet yeah no i I have an account that comes to mind i think he does a great job of bringing about like it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. More attention to like, okay, men need to be vulnerable too. Men mm. need the same you know space too. I actually think of, um, I forget because I've been less active um, and I can't remember his handle. He, I don't know if you've seen him because they do more like BDSM content. It's like the dude with silver hair and glasses and he, he's dating Astrid, who she's like kind of a cosplayer. Mm, I don't know them. Mm, okay. Send me their handle. I yeah, no, they're, they used to do, I think, more kind of. BDSM kind of he does a lot of like educational kind of stuff around nice BDSM and I, I've always found his takes to be really well that's why I love men who are deep into BDSM because mm-hmm. they have really broken down the toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and they really opened up themselves vulnerably yeah so it makes for this beautiful creation of just like this these really nice like confident men who you know will are supportive and are good resources i would say to other men i think we should do an episode on pegging (laughs) (laughs) i think that'd be fun too 
Well, Danica, thank you for joining us today. This was really a beautiful conversation. I've loved every second of it. So guys, if you need a sex therapist in New York, in New York, <laughs> Danica Mitchell, do you have like a website or anything or? Uh, no, at present, the only website that I am on is the practice that I work for. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, but you can always just Google my name. You'll find me on piece or, or on a uh, psychology today. That's the nice. And is that where they can find other sex therapists in their area? Yeah, psychology today is good for finding just general therapists of any kind of sort. You can put in your filters. There's also Therapy Den, which is another, I think, TikTok-created influencer. He's a therapist that I really like. I um, mean, it's a good platform specifically for sex therapists who are licensed appropriately for that because technically you could call yourself a sex therapist as long <laughs> as you talk about sex. There isn't a lot of state regulation around it, but the national governing body is ASECT. A-A-S-E-C-T. And if you go to their website, you can search their licensed provider. So I'm also there, but it's a lesser website. Nice. Okay. okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. well, thank you again. We loved having you. <laughs> thank you for having me again. All right, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day, week. We hope you come. <laughs> and wear condoms. And wear condoms. Can't forget that. Wear condoms. Okay. Love you all. <laughs> <laughs>